come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your poltergeist, Kinsey. I'm your poltergeist, Debbie. I'm your poltergeist, Adrian. I'm your poltergeist, Donna. All right, so uh, we are once again doing the uh, socially responsible thing by doing this in a Zoom meeting here. And when we do Zoom, we're we're, we're still working out the kinks, getting getting used to it. Yeah, we so. are. <laughs> <laughs> and this week, your poltergeists watch the. Uh, 2020 Invisible Man. So let's go around. Did you like it? Did you not like it? What? How did everybody? What'd you guys think? I did okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible at all. I enjoyed it. Um, I I always really enjoy something that can uh kind of keep me um guessing. And while um the truth was just it was that was the truth was always there there was plenty of times where i was going now wait a minute what if it's this what if it's that what if it's this other thing so i don't know i enjoyed it i enjoyed it all right adrian i didn't love it but you didn't hate it i didn't hate it but it was we'll take two it. hours of yeah it was, it, was, <laughs> it was two hours of exactly what i thought it would be and i expected to hate it more than i did on the so, Adrian scale, that's four out of five scars. Stars. Yeah. Also, just, can we just say that have like having the bad guy be named Adrian? I spent a lot of the movie being just like, "Fuck you, sullying this name." <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of like, uh, kind of in between Debbie and Donna on how I felt about it. Like, I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. Uh, it was definitely it kept you guessing. Did we need it? No, but I don't feel. <laughs> I don't feel like you know. I don't I don't hate myself for watching it. Uh Winchester, I'm looking at you. Um so <laughs> So yeah, no, I mean I I enjoyed it. I you know, and there were parts cuz this is the second time I'd watched. So there were parts that I had forgotten this time around and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." So, yeah. Not better about watching this than I did the Nun or Winchester. So, yeah. Yeah. Overall see? win. <laughs> well, it also helps that um Lee Wannell is the one that wrote and directed this. That that helps quite a bit. Mm-hmm. If I had, like, I, I guess maybe my biggest complaint about this movie is the title and the marketing. Like, if we could have gone into this movie somehow not knowing the things that we know. That's an entirely soapbox issue for me, is trailers that give it away. Yeah. Well, and that's, yeah. that's interesting you mentioned that, Adrian, because I know with the first trailer, after it came out, uh, there was a lot of backlash with it. And... Uh, Lee Wannell was like, uh, he actually said, he goes, why would I do that? Why would I sign off on a trailer that tells everything? Are you, trust me, he goes, there's more that's going to happen that's not shown in the trailer. It's kind of like he did the old Wrath of Khan move. No, that's not Khan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was Khan. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I don't feel like there was more going on. What, when I, uh, I saw the trailer, I remember thinking, okay, they're showing us this, but they're gonna they're gonna make it something different than what it appears to be. And like you were saying earlier, Donna, they they did have, you know, at least I guess for you and I, times where we were kind of like, oh, it could be this, oh, it could be that, oh, you know, so. I, I never actually saw a trailer for this movie, or if I did see a trailer for it, I uh, have zero memory of it. Mm-hmm. So um, I went into it with just the description that, you know, a woman thinks she's being stalked by her abusive ex-husband. Um, so I didn't have that trailer spoiling thing. Um, even at that, are we into spoilers yet? Uh, we are we almost... Are, we- yeah, I was just going to say for everyone that hasn't seen it or doesn't know what it's about, just giving you a quick uh, synopsis from our good, good buddies at IMDb. Wait, 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 wait. I don't know what they're going to tell you, but this is clearly two hours of people not believing an abuse victim. Accurate. Your dogs agree. Yeah. agree. <laughs> I'm so sorry. They've got so many opinions this morning. <laughs> well, they are gonna be not as on the nose as you were adrian but uh they're yeah. more in the eye 
(laughs) (laughs) They say when Cecilia's abusive ex takes his own life and leaves her his fortune, she suspects his death was a hoax. As a series of coincidences turn lethal, Cecilia works to prove that she is being hunted by someone nobody can see. Coincidences? I guess. Well, to... to I, I really, like, coincidentally, this person died and I was holding the knife? Yes. <laughs> I think they're referring to, and which, by the way, now we are in spoiler territory, so you haven't seen it. Just, just pit pause, time out. And, uh, yeah, just wait till the end. I was just going to say, um, I don't, actually, we'll just jump right into this conversation. I don't think there was ever a point that I doubted Adrian was alive. Same. I take that back. There was one um, tiny moment when I did doubt, and that was the moment that she pulled the mask off of Tom. And I had about a two-second, oh, shit, was it Tom all along? And then I had this realization that I will discuss in just a second. Um, that, but, but that was it. There was like two seconds when I thought maybe Adrian was actually dead. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, the Tom... The Tom revealed that, you know, that was a good, you know, just that just left you just enough of a question. Here is why I immediately dismissed that. I have this big theory. Okay. Stick with me now. Okay. Um, I do believe that every other time the invisible man was around, it was Adrian. And the reason for that is he was smooth. He was so smooth. Like when she dumped paint on him. And he was able to get out of there with leaving almost no trace. So he was always just on it. He was so good at what he was doing. And Tom was sloppy as hell. I mean, Tom was making mistakes. Tom Tom got close enough that she could stab him. Um, Tom was running around with the short suiting in and out. Uh, Tom killed people that didn't need to be killed. So I think... The, se- the, the, the sequence that, re- that ended with her killing Tom was the only time Tom was acting as the uh, Invisible Man. I can get behind that. We did have Adrian's voice that one time. So we do know that at least that one time it had to be Adrian mm-hmm. because he and Tom did not sound the same. Right. No, they didn't. I, I do agree that I think he, it was Adrian the whole time. I think the only reason why we got Tom in that last, that last series is that I think he knew it was the gig was up and he had to start his next plan, which I think was Adrian was absolutely setting Tom up to die. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I think I think you're right. I was just saying I think he was, though, he was setting up his next move. That's why, hey, get in the suit mm-hmm. and, you know, just just watch her, make sure she doesn't do anything. I'm sure that's how it was presented to him. Mm-hmm. And it just went from there so then he could set up oh no i was abducted by my weird brother yeah oh see i I thought i kind of had a theory that he was that that tom was being truthful about how much he was being manipulated by adrian oh yeah and so i don't i don't know if it was a just get in the suit i think that tom was being manipulated by adrian and adrian forced him into the suits I think that he was mm-hmm. manipulating Tom. I, I think that he was as abusive to Tom as he was to Elizabeth Moss. Cecilia. Cecilia. Yeah. <laughs> um, <coughs> and, um, and I, 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 yeah, I just think Tom was truthful when he said that earlier in the film. Also yep. like the way that he acted when he was giving Cecilia her options in the jail the way that he like kind of looked off and like it just how nervous he was in every scene he was so tense yeah you could practically see the sweat mm-hmm. he never seemed comfortable and like you know he had to be in on it from the get-go he mm-hmm. knew and so i just feel like you have to imagine that he was as terrified and as scared as she was throughout that whole movie oh i i agree with that uh and i mean in and Tom admits as much in that last scene in the asylum, excuse me, the hospital, the last scene before admitting that Adrian treated him the same way. Like they mm-hmm. both knew his games. So yeah, I think you guys are 100% correct. Um, can, we, can we talk about something happy real quick? Yeah, sure, sure. I love the relationships that they build early in the movie between Sydney and Cecilia and James. Like I just I adore James and Sydney so much. They are great. 
And can we all just agree that James is perfect? Like, absolutely mm. perfect. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That man is good looking. Yeah. Ooh. I have a note that it's just James's muscles. Oh, my, yeah. That's that scene where he was, what was he wearing? Like a little wife beater? Literally no idea. I could not stop looking at his arms. I, I don't know what happened in that scene. I know, I know he was there and there was something happening, but I don't remember it because it was just like, woo. Yeah. yeah. Just the way the the rapport that Sydney and Cecilia have, like they are just really, really good friends until the movie decides that they need to not be. But even that, even the way that they do that, I think was pretty good. Well, and that scene that that you're talking about, I like that he never discredits Cecilia. His whole concern is Sydney and getting her safe. He never, he, and that's one of, one of the fantastic things about James is he never, never doesn't believe her. He's Mm -hmm. just like, I need, you know, I need to make sure my daughter's safe. I want to, I want you to be safe. And you know, whatever we've got to do, we've got to do something. And I think that's that, I think that's, it's so different. And I think it's fantastic. Defo doesn't believe her but he never tells her he doesn't believe her. And that's important. Yeah. And that's, I, I do agree. That's a huge difference in things. Here is kind of the one thing that kept, I kept finding, yeah, the one thing that I found kind of unbelievable. There is no way that Adrian would have let her remain friends with James because one, he's gorgeous. Two, he's a cop. And three, look how efficiently and ruthlessly he isolated her when he chose to. When when he decided to isolate her, he took Emily from her and he took James from her like that. And um, so I don't believe over the course of their marriage that it would have been possible for her to maintain that friendship. So you could almost make an argument that she's reconnecting with James. The problem with that is her closeness with Sydney. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but to make that realistic, we then would have not had James's muscles to look at, and that would have been wholly unacceptable. So um, I'm, I'm going to allow it. Can we also talk about how awesome Sydney is? Like when that fire starts in the kitchen, she is on it, like immediately. And mm-hmm. then, you know, James kind of makes fun of her a little bit for the mace. But then whenever it comes back up and she has to use it, again, she she fucking nails it. Sydney is amazing. Yeah. And she's played by Storm and, Reed. Who and she's was, so cute. She is so cute. Like, I just want to, I, I, I want to give her hugs. That bothered me, though, in the plot about the whole not use it. Because at the beginning, I was like, if she just sprayed the mace, he would have been coughing and they would have known he was there. Like... I mean, I know then there wouldn't have been a movie, but I don't like it when I see things like that and just like, oh, well. Well, the one thing about that, though, is like that stuff spreads real fast. So it would yeah. have fucked everybody in that room, TBH. Yeah, but if, you, if, mm-hmm. but if they were really concerned that there was a viable threat there, like mm-hmm. spray it, you know? Yeah. Well, but I think that nobody was except for Cecilia at that point. Right. Because it yeah. is kind of an insane thing when somebody says hey my ex is invisible my dead ex my dead ex is invisible oh man the guy that plays james is so good too like the face that he makes when she says that adrian's not dead i think they only cut to his reaction shot because he was so good at it yep but what okay here's one more unbelievable thing though james has a landline with an (laughs) answering machine uh, the house i'm living in right now has a landline and answering machine okay they do exist in the wild yeah, but like you live with a person who is not a really old. Yeah, that that that's exactly that. And <laughs> not James a is not. <laughs> and and so I don't know. I like I can't think of anybody my age or younger that has a landline. Or like True. where do you even buy those phones? Sam's. You buy them at Sam's. Yeah, Walmart still has them too. Really? Just a few. Really? Weird. Unless, unless, unless it was already there when James moved in, because we've seen we saw him working on the house, repainting it. So he maybe very, he inherited it from his mother. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is a lot of headcanon you're asking me to accept right now. Without <laughs> a telephone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say, well, you two are both writers. 
Debbie and I read fan fiction. I feel like this is just the right amount of headcanon. So. Yep. Yep. Did y'all notice, and I'm sure you did, when they were in the hospital and they wheeled that guy through on the gurney and it, the camera cut to him and it was basically the universal invisible man. It was a burn victim wrapped. Oh. My kids, did you miss it? I know. I saw it. <laughs> and, so I saw it and I, and I noticed it both times, but I'm like, huh. Wonder why they're that's a weird camera pan. Why are we doing that? I mean, I'm sure it's it's he's probably pretty gross and gnarly on the inside, but yeah. Completely <laughs> but no, you usually catch those things. Well, confession time, ladies. Mm-hmm. Was you drunk? No, I was not. Okay. Um I have only seen when it comes to the universal monsters, I've only seen Dracula, Bride of Frankenstein, Wolfman, and Creature from the Black Lagoon. Everything but Invisible Man. And, just, isn't that everything but him? <laughs> yeah, and it's basically... Well, I haven't even seen Frankenstein. I've seen The Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, okay. Yeah. And honestly, if you're, you ain't Creature from the Black Lagoon, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> if your name isn't Gilman, I'm like, okay, yeah, all right. So, yeah, that's why I completely missed it. And that explains that uh, that pan. Because I've, I've caught the pan both times, but I'm like, okay. <laughs> so here's something that I guess I could have suggested as our poll question, but I didn't. Um, do you think a rich white boy can live in an unfinished attic for any amount of time? <laughs> it hadn't occurred to me that he was living up there. But now that you say that, he almost had to be. I mean, if you think about if people leaving, if they're coming and going, he can easily get down, get his food, go to the bathroom, whatever he needs to do. She's but like not his, coming and going. His house had you know, cameras all over it. Was it at his house that, that we're talking no, about? He no. was he was living like he had to be living in James's attic, oh, right? Oh, okay. Where he had all that stuff, like his the knife and the knife and a plastic bag that she for some inexplicable reason took out of the plastic bag and put yeah. it all over. Yeah. Like listen, I will be the first to walk into the shimmer, but I'm not taking a knife out of a plastic bag. I've seen Law and Order. <laughs> I'm not putting my fingerprints on that thing. Yeah. I don't think that was his base of operations. I think he set stuff up. And I think, honestly, I think he came and went as he needed to. How? He's invisible. No, I do think he came and went. I mean, there was no place for him to sleep up there. There was there was a phone. There was her folder of drawings. And there was the knife. And that was it as far as him being up there. And she looked all around that attic. We did not see, like, a pile of blankets or anything. Speaking of her drawings, okay, I don't know about you guys, but... If I'm needing to take papers somewhere, I check that shit like five times. And my Debbie will agree, even if I'm leaving the house, I'm checking stuff like five times. Even if I have it in my hand, I'm like, do I have that? She was drugged, though. She was she was on a heavy enough dose of diazepam to pass out. Okay. Which is a lot. So, okay, what is, one of somebody tell me, what exactly is diazepam? Valium. It's an anxiolytic. So it's something you take when you're anxious and it will reduce your level of anxiety. So if she is on enough um, diazepam to pass out, which again, is a lot, she's feeling no anxiety okay. at all. Okay. Not even about passing out. She's just like, ah. Nope. I figured that's what it was, but I wasn't. Now, she's also not able to be alert enough to have a job interview. So... That's a problem, but <laughs> she would have been sitting in that job interview going, <laughs> I went to school. Uh. <laughs> I'm glad that's recorded. Oh my God. <laughs> um, I did really like that moment in the job interview when the guy said, is that where all the beautiful women go? And like her reaction, yes. just that deadpan moment of, oh, great. Do I still want this job? Yeah, because I think I would have been highly tempted to go, you know. Never mind. Thanks. I'm outie. Uh, that house that Adrian has is a scary house. Like, that house is like, if privileged abuse were a house, that's it. <laughs> Lots of hard edges and glass. And and where do you get a dog that only exists when you're thinking about him? Magic. Yeah. Do you think I can turn Miles into a dog like that? <laughs> Well, and that house, so back to the house, it makes sense because it's a lot of glass, it's hard edges. You can't sneak around. 
the only the only part of that house it looked like was that was carpeted was the closet everything else there's no you know there's no mm-hmm. sneaking. Actually, fun fact, I lived in a house that was, it was like one of those, it had the crawl space underneath. So you, when you walked on the floor, you know, it was creaky, rum- rumbling throughout the house. Mm-hmm. Um, my sisters and I, because we couldn't wake our dad up when he had night shift, uh, we basically le- learned to ninja run in the house and you could not hear us when we were running. <laughs> it awesome. can be done. <laughs> There was a point in this movie that I accidentally hit the mute button and I did not realize it because she was she had been so quiet in that scene that when I hit the mute button, like I thought, okay, this is just more atmospheric quiet. And it wasn't until she screamed and fell against something that I was like, oh, no, something is wrong here. I need to back up. That is one thing I really liked about this movie was one, the sound and just just I don't know if felt very oppressive and then how the camera work would go at times they had the camera feel like adrian watching her which Mm -hmm. i thought was really good and then at other times it used a lot of empty space but you still felt like somebody was in the room like that was the shots gave room for another character yeah yeah i kept looking but i kept looking behind for like do i see anything moving or do i see an imprint or this or that Mm-hmm. I was really impressed with some of the effects with the Invisible Man. Like when he when he attacks her in the kitchen, you know, normally, well, the way it works for me, I don't know if it works for everybody else, but you'll see something and I'll have this moment of, oh, that's a green screen effect or, oh, they're on wires or whatever. And then I can dismiss that and just enjoy it. But when she was on the floor and she was being dragged around the floor, I could not see any, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't, a, a good way for wires to be working. There was no really like, was she on a sliding uh, platform? I just, I could not immediately figure out how they were doing what they were doing. And I, I kind of loved it. There's so, it's so hard to interact with invisible things. Like every time I've ever seen somebody be invisible in a movie or a TV show, you're, it's always like, oh, okay. Yeah. Let's just not think about how much this looks like they're dancing by themselves or, hurling themselves into the refrigerator or whatever but yeah this movie did it really really well well i think one i think that's credit to elizabeth moss because that woman's amazing in everything though i think she's still the show like nobody else was on her level i didn't feel i still also just want to see something where she has a good experience but that's just me (laughs) (laughs) just just hashtag make elizabeth moss smile yeah we just just, put her in a hallmark movie just one just one hallmark movie just one I'll watch that fucking Hallmark movie, okay? And that's saying something. <laughs> Let's just give her one good day. Just just one. Maybe she gets all the sales she wants. She has a good meal. I don't care. Just let's let her have a good day. Um, no, but I think it's credit to her. And I think it's credit to uh, Lee Wannell because he did, he's, he's, he did the first Saw. And that was made on such a shoestring budget that you're – you know where to put the money. And I think even by giving a bigger budget, he did the same thing. Uh, you know, you know where to invest that money, what's going to look good, what's going to be good. And I think, I think that's what we're seeing. You know, those, those two, that's just a perfect marriage. He's really good. I'm sorry. I need to take something back. I said, nobody was on her level. James and Sydney. I feel like we're both up there, but then all the other characters were just, meh. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean they, they were bad, but. They were. I feel like it's hard to say with some of the things. Like Tom's performance was really understated, and it had to be. Like he mm-hmm. needed to seem offish and aloof for his character to work. Um, I mean, she's she's really good. Like we all know she's really good. Even yeah. if all you've ever seen of her is the trailer for A Handmaid's Tale, like you just know she's fucking stellar. Agreed. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know who played James, but like uh, Storm Reed has been amazing in both of the things I've seen her in. What was she in? I legitimately cannot remember at this moment <laughs> if it was um, the Madeline Le Engel book or um, the Stephen King book. She was, was in A Wrinkle in Time. She was in 12 Years yeah. a Slave. She was in Slight. And she was also in something called When They See Us. Okay, I've only seen her in A Wrinkle in Time. And this movie because I didn't watch 12 Years a Slave because I don't feel like I want to be that sad and oh, angry. And that's 
that's that's fair i didn't realize she was she was in 12 years a slave but i didn't either but she was in she was in a wrinkle in time and whatever you think about the quality of that movie she killed it in that she was so good i mean it's a good cast yeah it's a really good everybody did really great even that strangely hot police officer that kept telling her to lie down in the hallway like even he was really good Mm-hmm. he kind of had that superman curl going on a little yeah. bit yeah like i was like you're not my type dude but i'm happy that you're on screen right now <laughs> i don't know if uh, any of you guys realize this but the guy that played adrian is from house on haunted shit not house on the haunting yes, of hill the house brother yeah he's the oh. druggy brother oh. yeah he's luke i knew yep. i knew he looked familiar but i couldn't i couldn't get it yeah the tv show not the shitty movie okay. right right yeah i was Good. like no wasn't that owen wilson the haunting <laughs> Liam neeson too right it's so bad <laughs> it's not <laughs> it was, good it's not good it was probably one of the worst movies i've ever watched all the way through mm. yeah it wasn't good it wasn't a good so i have one more real reality complaint and that is that there's no way adrian got all of that paint off of that honeycomb suit that fast you know what it looked like it looked like milk it did yeah yeah it looked it looked like milk which makes me think maybe he just um you know rinsed it off in the sink and ran off um i don't know yeah no you're right that that was a problem but um i don't know it was such a beautiful effect when she spilled it on him that i'm prepared to forgive him for it it was a really fantastic effect it was so good like like that was a jump scare that I was fully willing to accept as like necessary and needed for this movie. Yeah, I I like that jump scare. Like you you know, and it was just and you needed it because that tension had been building up, mm-hmm. you know, through I mean basically throughout the whole movie and you you needed that release and it was so well done and they did like I said with the stuff with the phone with the surprise like ah it's just just chef's kiss man. Yeah, it was it was really good. For as much as I didn't like what was happening in the movie, and like really my main complaint is just like I'm angry that we need a movie like this and that a movie like this even fucking works. Um, but for all of my anger about what's like the the base core of the movie, like the way that they pulled it off is really good. Yeah, they had their work cut out for them, and I think it was handled very well. I like that this movie focuses on her so much. Like I, I, I appreciate that a lot. There's not even actually a moment where they make Adrian seem cool. No, like, and they could. They easily, easily could with you know how smart he is and how attractive he is and yeah, like just there's so many moments where they could have been like, look at how awesome this guy is, but they made the movie about her, um, which mm-hmm. is a thing Winchester did not do. <laughs> yeah (laughs) and and i appreciate that a lot well and and you're right it would have been so easy to have any scenes before stuff happens Mm -hmm. to see like well maybe you know maybe she's wrong but they didn't do that they don't they they, even show us a day in their life no huh they didn't they didn't feel the need that they had to because you're relying on her words if she said it then that's what it fucking is like and that and you know it just occurred to me how much I like that. Like, like I believed her throughout the movie that he was abusive and we never even saw that. And I love that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Like you didn't need it. You do see hints about him, but it's not, it's never about him. Yeah. And I think you, everything you need to know, you see at that house, like we were talking about just how mm-hmm. sharp it is, how isolated it is. And then her words and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that opening sequence where, you know, she, she goes through and she, there's a, there's a camera outside their bedroom, you know, and she adjusts the camera and she can look at her phone and see um, what's going on on her phone. And as, as she's getting out of the house, you, you get a really good idea of just how controlling he is, including the collar on the dog, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. he's got, he's got this dog and he's got this I'm not sure what kind of collar that was. It looked awful. Um, it looked like an invisible fence, right? Like an electric collar? It might have been an invisible fence. It looked like a shock collar. But given um, everything Adrian does, I suspect it was something 
more sinister than that. Um, and I found it very significant that the dog left as soon as the collar was off him. He was like, I'm out. Yeah, that dog yeah. bolted. It was just like, F this place. Yeah. Yeah, see, I, I thought the collar was basically it was a shock anti-bark collar because he really mm -hmm. wasn't barking and it was kind of right looks like on mm -hmm. the equivalent of the dog's voice box it was kind of right there and it mm -hmm. wasn't until that it was off that you see that you actually heard the dog bark and would yeah so that was what i always took it as i mean i still thought and oh, what's the point of having a doberman a if he doberman, doesn't bark? yes that's what i was thinking other than i wondered if the dog collar had a camera on it somewhere it's possible I wonder with the dog, if because it was a Doverman, he got that to be his dog, and the fact that the dog bonded with her, that pissed him off. Yeah, like very I said, possible. Like I said, I know that's a very headcanony stretch, but we've we're, we're out there. Did anyone else have anything to bring up? Oh, uh, the stuff in the rain I really liked. Oh my gosh, yes, that was fantastic. When she was sitting there and Tom had just left and you could, I had to have the subtitles on for reasons. And so I was actually able to hear the entire broadcast. And as soon as they started talking about rain, I was like, oh, she yeah. is on this. Mm -hmm. so you could you could just see her mind working uh, when they started saying it was going to be raining. I like the effects in the rain and how it looked with the suit and mm. with just the flashing mm -hmm. like everything just it was mm -hmm. really it was, liked that suit yeah that was a, that was really cool yeah and it was creepy like it was gross yeah. because it was just all cameras like it looked like bugs like like giant bug eyes and it was like what's that what's that tryptophobia tryptophobia yeah <laughs> But this is actually, this goes back to my theory that this was the first time uh, Tom had worn the suit because up until that moment, there was absolutely nothing to back up what Cecilia was saying. There was nothing. There was no evidence. But Tom gets in that suit and he's shooting people. There are, there are multiple people who can say, no, there was definitely an invisible dude running around. Mm -hmm. And he, he was sloppy and careless. I love that scene too, because like I feel like that scene really, really, you know, whenever you're dealing with something that's kind of impossible, it's always hard to make it work for the audience mm -hmm. that these mundane people are accepting this impossible thing. And that's one of the things that I really loved about Weirdly Hot Police Officer was just like, you know, when he's like, he's seen that something is going on. And mm -hmm. she's like, he's right there, he's right there. And he's still like, I just need you to stop. Like, he was, lay down, I need you to do this thing because I don't know what the fuck is happening. For a bit part, he was, because I have, I have been friends with more than a few police officers, and one of their defining characteristics is as soon as something goes off the rails, they will try to take control of it. That's just, that's just the way they're trained, <laughs> is to take control of a situation. And that's exactly what he was trying to do when he kept saying, lay down, lay down lay down that was him trying to control the situation mm -hmm. um but i also loved that he was aware enough to go no something weird is going on i don't know what it is but something weird is going on so i loved that he actually was turning around to look for what was going on instead of just focusing on her yeah like that you could see like he's telling her to lay down but he's not focused on her at all which mm -mm. i felt like i don't have a lot of sympathy for police officers a lot of times but I feel like this movie actually did a pretty good job of making me be like, oh, you guys aren't just being unreasonable assholes in a movie where it really could have done that easily. None of the cops in this film felt like they were just being dicks for no reason. Yeah. All the moments where they were not responding to her in the way that we and she wanted them to made perfect sense. And, mm -hmm. and and then whenever the weird stuff started happening in that Tom scene, like they all did realize that something bad was happening. Something, mm -hmm. something in reality had gone off of the rails, but there was nothing mm -hmm. any of them could do about it at that point. Yep. Yep. How many, how many guards did he kill or otherwise incapacitate? Do y'all really think that one guy could have done that even being invisible? Yeah, it looked plausible to me. Um, and it was what, eight? Hey, I want to say dozen? eight. Eight. Eight indoors. Because plus... they kept coming in pairs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then the outside was was more. You're right. At least on the inside, I think, yeah. 
if you were in a world where like magic exists or where this kind of technology was normal, no. But in a world where this is a new unseen thing and people absolutely do not believe another person when they say my ex is invisible and not dead. Yeah, I think you could take out that many people. Well, part of the issue that I had with that scene as well was the fact, well, and it's kind of maybe just goes back to what Donna was saying was he was being sloppy because I'm like, there's absolutely cameras in that hall that will Mm -hmm. show, you know, you don't even need an eyewitness because you got cameras. Mm hmm that show that corridor so you know that there was an invisible person there well i think that the sloppiness was him scrambling and honestly i don't i think she might not have reacted the way she did if tom hadn't threatened james and sydney like i think she would have still been trying to do something else but the moment they were threatened Mm -hmm. i think that really forced her hand in a good way, not in, I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way. And I think that is also just that chaotic, that, that frenzied nature of just him trying to do something. Cause she probably would have killed him then. You know, I think that it's like in that scene, Tom is scrambling, but also if we assume that he's a victim, the same way that Cecilia was, as soon as Cecilia was given the power of the suit, she killed Adrian. And so giving Tom another victim of this like incredibly quiet violence for mm-hmm. his entire life, giving him the suit and allowing him that power. I think that, you know, he was just trying to do whatever Adrian told him to do at whatever cost it took. And the violence is fine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That is a very good point. When Tom got access to the suit, he went off and caused all kinds of problems. When she got access to the suit, she solved the problem. Yeah. Do you guys think she was always going to kill Adrian? Or if he had actually confessed to everything that he did, that would have been enough? I thought it was plan B. It's a hard question to answer because I think she knew he wouldn't. I think that is one of the things about an abusive, narcissistic personality like he has, is he never was going to admit. There there was no circumstance in which he was going to admit. So I think she walked in there knowing that's what was going to happen. But if he had suddenly had some sort of weird moment of conscience and confessed, I don't know. I think that there is a lot packed into that. But, you know, we don't have any way of helping abuse victims to feel safe after the fact you know the person might go to jail but probably the fuck not and then they're going to be out and they're going to be out in the world and a protective order only counts if the person cares about it and so you have somebody like adrian who is a rich white boy nothing is ever going to happen to him tom even says as much when they're in the in the jail and he's telling her right now you're a murderer i can change all that because he can like adrian has that money adrian was giving her what five million dollars mm-hmm. oh my god and even with sort of the implication that that's not all of it mm-hmm. so i don't think that there was ever any way that she was going to feel safe at that point we have established that adrian is a genius who can make insane impossible things so what what is anybody going to do for her that ever brings her her sense of safety back yeah so she she created her own sense of safety by eliminating the problem yeah i definitely i don't know if it was plan a or plan b but i think she had thought about it just enough because she knew where the cameras were she had already put that second suit hidden like she had Mm -hmm. you know I mean, even then having a cop show up, James, already on the scene, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, and her backing slowly out of camera range, and then the expression on her face just dropping, that was that was chilling. That was beautiful. And, and then she just sits down, looks at him, and goes, surprise. I love it. Was it was good. It was good. It was so good. Do we have anything else before we close the book on Invisible Man? I don't believe so. All right. Well, Adrian, you have our rule. Believe women. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the rule. That's the moral of the story. Yeah. Believe women survive horror. <laughs> I mean, TBH. Yeah, that should be yeah. like the new tagline or something, because that's the, <laughs> that could be the rule for almost any horror movie. It's true. 
And if it's not that, it's believe scientists. Yeah, avoid, avoid <laughs> horror. Survive horror. Especially if it's a f- woman scientist. This is like her. Believe, believe her extra. <laughs> That's just double. Listen, like, you will die. How many? How many? How many listeners do you think we're losing with this episode? Zero. <laughs> they, they probably know by now, right? I we think a, I think our audience is on board with this. <laughs> they know what they signed up for with us, and that's why they're here for it. So yeah, I'm saying zero. <laughs> All right, my Debbie, you have our quote. Okay, yeah, this was Cecilia talking to Tom, and she said, "You're the jellyfish version of him. Everything but the spine." That was such a good line. I don't know such if I entirely a, agree burn. with her because I do think that he's just like I, I. I really do think he's another abuse victim, but it is a good line. Mm-hmm. All right, and then Adrian, you have our poll. What would you have done if your friend, sister, whatever, told you that their ex, their dead ex, was actually invisible? Um, as the well-known skeptic member of this um, group, I wouldn't have believed her. I know we just said believe her, <laughs> but I wouldn't have. Um, what I would have done is actively seek to get her help because she's obviously insane. So I probably would have ended up dead because I wouldn't have believed her. I'm in a similar boat in that I would have, I would have probably talked to her about it and I would have heard her out and I would have said, well, let's look at some of the things that you're talking about and then try to kind of guide her into a maybe a facility if necessary, but, you know, to get her some help. I mean, I definitely would have believed her, but I would not have went the logical side. Anyone that knows me. <laughs> He's like, I'm all in. Let's get in the mystery machine. (laughs) That's right. Let's get in the mystery machine. Let's go find some ghosts. Like, you know, but yeah, I definitely would have believed her. I definitely would have went a different way. Now, probably after a bit when that way was not uh, working, I probably then would uh, try to get her to a facility, just somebody to talk to, because obviously she does need some help. But yeah, I think I would. Okay. So first off, I would not have believed that her ex, that her dead ex was actually invisible. However, I would have believed that she believed this. Oh, yeah. And that there was probably not any way to convince her otherwise, because she has mountains and mountains of reasons that I don't even understand to think these things. And so I think that I would have asked her to explain things to me a lot, but I also would have been like, okay... So what do you think we need to do in this situation? And if this thing is not going to harm either one, either of us or get us sent to jail, let's consider that. Okay, two things. How smart was it for her to dump the coffee on the floor? Oh, so good. Is the first thing. And the second thing, what do you think James thought when he got home? And there's, oh, paint, there's paint on his floor. There's coffee on his floor. <laughs> his house was trashed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I think the pain in the coffee were the were probably his least of his concerns at that moment. <laughs> the big hang up and the reason that I say James is perfect and I don't complain about this is the moment that she hits air quotes hits Sydney that Adrian hits Sydney and James was like I need to get her out of here. I don't like I think I would have done nothing differently at that moment because he he didn't question her. He didn't say to her face I don't believe you. He was like my priority right now is getting my child somewhere safe. Yeah. And I just feel like that was absolutely the most perfect, reasonable response anybody could have in that situation. Mm-hmm. And when he started pushing back against her, it was you're scaring Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't you're insane, it's you're scaring Sydney. Yeah. And and we have established that while Sydney is maybe 17 or 18, she's still a fucking child. No offense, yeah. my child sitting on my lap. I'm not a child. I'm not little. I wish she would have said, I'm not a fucking child. <laughs> you you know, it's, 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 that's, she might have. She's been really embracing being home and not having to worry about the difference between homewards and schoolwards. Billy, you can leave that in. It's fine. <laughs> homewards and schoolwards. I love it. So do we have anything else? Oh, I got something to add to the whole poll thing because the poll was if my friend's sister had come up and said that what would I do if it was any of y'all I'd have been like all right let's go get this motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) so what you're saying is if Bo comes to you and says look Deb we gotta 
See, Honestly, I, think I can't even say that. I'd be like, I come on, let's get Kenzie. Let's go get this motherfucker. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess that's oh. the thing is like, I, I feel like maybe if there was anything I could have had James do differently, it would have been get Sydney somewhere safe and then go with Cecilia to investigate. So she's not doing it on her own. Actually, I did have one other thing I wanted us to talk about. Uh-huh. Um, if if we're done with that topic, yes, we had sure. talked about when did Adrian find her, and I have I have two two things. So I have to ask first, because I know you've seen this twice. Did the jogger that almost ran into her? Did the jogger get there before Emily got there? Which happened first, Emily or the jogger? The jogger was first. Okay, then Adrian found her when Emily got there. Exactly the way that she was afraid. Yeah. Yeah, I think, because nothing weird happened until Emily came to the house. So I think Adrian was watching Emily when Emily went there. That's when he found her. Yeah, well, I think that that's, like, the more I think about it, there's a lot. This movie is beginning to become a little bit, like, hereditary to me where I think that it did exactly what it wanted to very, very well. I just didn't really want to, I, I didn't want the product. <laughs> um, uh, Cecilia was so right in so much of this movie. Like she was like, I have this plan, Emily, I need you not to come to me. Yeah. Uh, because he will follow you. And no, and, and Emily did not believe her. I don't think Cecilia was wrong about anything at any point. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I think that that's really, really important. And I just like, I don't know, big shout out to to Lee Wannell for that. Even when she first got in Emily's car and Emily wouldn't go and she's like, drive, drive, I need you to drive. And Emily didn't drive and lost a window because of it. Well, you know, Emily, I think is a really interesting character because she seems to be like the very perfect, alienated sister of an abuse victim. Yeah, I mean, she's very aloof. She's not yeah. She's not a warm character at all. Well, no, because, like, you know, she's had this yo-yo. She, she must, I, I'm inferring a lot here based on, like, outside knowledge of things. But she, you know, you've got to assume that she's had this yo-yo back and forth relationship with Cecilia because Cecilia's been isolated by this abusive mm-hmm. narcissist. Right. Emily is always, you know, the, the times that I've watched this, I've always to me, I've been most fascinated by because of the aloofness, because she, yes, she shows up when her sister needs to, but then she doesn't start growing very fast and she's helping, but then she gets one email and then she's like, fuck all. And then, then a little bit later on, she agrees to meet for dinner, which damn, that dinner scene, I gasped. Like I was not expecting oh it God. to. Elizabeth Moss hand over mouth. Yeah. in that scene where you could just see her slowly realizing that she is caught and there's no getting out of it and there's nobody that's going to believe her. Just that the, it was it was slow and horrible and amazing. Except my thought that there is a camera fucking everywhere in every establishment at this point. Some, some camera caught that knife floating in the air by itself. Okay, but maybe because... There are so many blind spots and so many bad angles. Mm-hmm. Like your goal is not to catch, like whenever people set up cameras, your goal is to catch people like dying and dashing, not right. like mm-hmm. floating knives. <laughs> yeah, the, the camera would be on the door. Of course, like, I guess, you know, if he knew they were going to meet there, yeah being, yeah, being the optic specialist, he could have gone and disabled that somehow anyway. Mm-hmm. For sure. So they did set up that scene at the beginning where she was looking up uh, the hacking into cameras, which... I think is a really good hand wave to sort of get rid of any questions that you might have about cameras later. Yeah. Yeah. They do a lot of smart things with this. Like it's, it it was very well thought out. It also shows that she's smart. Yes, 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 yes. Because she, once she knew his password, she was able to hack in to get the suit. She knew what she needed to do when she like, yeah. Well, and then you see, and when she's talking about being an architect and that she went to Cal Poly. Cal Poly isn't nothing to fucking sneeze at. So, Mm-mm. yeah, no, they 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 set her up without beating you over the head with it. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. yes, she is very smart. Like, mm-hmm. and I thought that, like I said, that's just another thing that was done super well. Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We do appreciate uh, your support. Uh, if you're wanting to find us, where we are on Twitter. At Beyond Cabin. We are on Instagram at Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. 
Then we have a Facebook page and also a web page, which is beyond the cabin in the woods.com. You can also find me on Twitter under close to 77. And same thing, I'm on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at SoonerDVM. And you can find me on Instagram at Donna underscore Leahy, L-E-A-H-E-Y. I'm mostly tweeting about Animal Crossing these days. Mm-hmm. Um, buy her turnips. They I can't just saw buy my turnips. She's got a ton of turnips. Peaches? I'm, you can buy my peaches. Yes, you can definitely buy my peaches. But Millions of peaches. <laughs> oh, which, oh, another thing I wanted to do before we got out of this was the whole like, oh, Cecilia. You're breaking my heart. You're breaking my confidence, baby. Like, how did we get through this whole podcast without singing? <laughs> all right. That's all I wanted to add. <laughs> okay. You can find me on Twitter at Junkyard Poet, uh, where right now I'm mostly tweeting about several different Final Fantasy games. I don't Twitter, um, but I run I run the, uh, the Beyond the Cabin in the Woods Instagram, so just holler at me there. All right. We're also part of the Gumby Cat Network, so check them out. They've got a lot of fun shows, a lot of variety. And special thanks to our editor, Billy Bonds. <laughs> uh, but yes, definitely thank you. Our next episode, we will be doing Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, which I'm very excited about. Thank you guys so much for listening. And then a special thing, right? Yeah. And then a special super secret thing. You will have to wait, but it's pretty exciting. All right, but seriously, thank you guys so much. And don't read the Latin. (laughs) You know what horror is. Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.